コレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレロコレロレ
to practice Māori mm. and, and, you know, they were in classes, but they were never finding mm. a comfortable environment to do it outside of the classroom. Yeah, right. So we looked at it as an open space. We call it Tupukupu, which was the name gifted by one of our lecturers there, and it essentially means to grow words. Right. Cool. So the, 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 you are growing words just being in there, and we've managed to get it on all three of our campuses because we're in the North Shore, Manuko, and the CBD. Yeah. And we've got it on all three campuses, and because I'm based on the North Shore I've managed to get it as a daily hour program. So Monday to Friday, wow. we have a Māori language hour. That's cool. So there's always a space, same space, same time, where our students or our staff can come along, talk about te reo Māori, yeah. practice te reo Māori, or, or just fuck tanga. So it's just a, a space where there's no real objective. And I like to say it's an organic process. So whoever comes along dictates what's happening. So we don't have a, a set guidelines. We just bring a lot of resources like books and games. Yeah. Um, you can bring your homework. If you've always oh, wanted wow. to know how to pronounce a word, we talk about it. Um, and we have staff and student there, and not everyone's fluent either, but we kind of, it's a lot of um, wānanga, we were just sort of talking amongst each other and trying to get some comfortability with the reo or just practice it, really, yeah. 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 So, those, so those are the two kaupapa I, I've tried to in, implement at AUT with um, my mahi there, so it's yeah. been a good year. Amazing. That mm. sounds so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just think just an hour a day, that, that I mean, Maybe in some ways it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you've got nothing else, like when you do, you know, you have that one class that you do, and then there's nothing else. Yeah, like three a hours week, a week, and then that's and then yeah. you're just yeah. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, I'm, I've walked through the journey of a lot of our students that are coming in because you know we've all done the three hour night classes mm. a week, and you feel like it just drains out of your head the mm. next day, and you mm-hmm. kind of need something to refresh it. Yeah. And for me, I'm not even studying anymore, but I feel like I'm actually using it. So it's all actually coming in into use yeah. for once. So I found it really beneficial just to be in an environment where you practice it and yeah. there's a purpose to using it. Because I think for me and a lot of the kaupapa I'm trying to put out there is that I'm, you know, like a lot of other adult learners that we don't have spaces. Mm. So it's big on me to have a space. So I like, and I'm, it's open to anyone too within AUT. So yeah. we like to, you know, get whānau from the staff or the students to come and use it, yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. Even if you were a bit you know, fuck a mind, you could just come and listen for a little bit yeah. and just, and then that's your, yeah, you're just being immersed in something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Really cool. And I, I like the wide spectrum we get. Sometimes we've had a few students that have gone through kura kaupapa mm. and then they've come to a mainstream and they've stopped using te reo Māori because oh, yeah. no one could speak to them. So yeah. they've sort of, they're not even fuck a mind, they've just sort of got no opportunity. So they might come and just have a, have a, have a call it or, or play a game with us and it just gives them a little bit more of a, connection yeah and then you've got the others on the other end of the spectrum that are just taking their old beginners classes but they'll come in and you know someone will correct them on a pronunciation or help them with some assessments or homework so it's been good just to yeah. use our knowledge amongst each other yeah mm. and do you have you had more of a um focus on it since you've had children like is it do you use it out with your kids? I try to. It's it's a it's a kind of catch twenty two. You want to, but you can't because you're still building up your kitty yourself. Yeah. So I try to adapt some kupu at home. Um, you yeah. know, just little things. So I try and use things like you know kyoto or kaitapia queer on a regular basis, so that yeah. the kids know what that actually means. So they yeah. know to reply kaitapia most times. Yeah. You know, uh, and then we just you know even some of the games I might try and use with them. Uh, it's definitely one of my own challenges to try and use it more at home, mm. and I know that's supposed to be where it's at but I know that I need to build up my own capacity before I can really get a solid grounding at home yeah, yeah. it's hard isn't it but I think that's a good thing where you just 
yeah, you just maybe have that word that you're going to always say in Māori and like yep. just so you can build off it from there. Because mm. your um, partner, she she spoke Gaelic, didn't she? She did. So she's yeah. from Ireland um, and she spoke Irish or Gaelic um, as a kid. So she went through, I suppose, the Irish version of a kura kaupapa, mm. so from 5 to 18. So it's interesting to talking about the dynamics because there's a lot of comparisons between yeah, there is te, te Reo Māori's revitalization and the Irish language and yeah. a lot of lot of like similarities so it's interesting to talk that and um you know it'd be good if our kids were sort of multilingual and they picked yeah. up Irish so you know I'm all more up for that but um I think she sort of told me that you know it's about being in those environments and yeah, practice well, and all that sort of stuff she has that same problem doesn't she there's yeah. no one around here to speak Gaelic no to. exactly exactly so yeah, yeah it is a bit of a use it or lose it yeah philosophy I think so it's unfortunate that you need you know that uh, capacity to keep the real or whatever language um, mm. thriving. Yeah, yeah. Because you've studied, or you're you're sort of working on things to do with language revitalization. So yeah, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on what's happening and what has happened? What yeah. needs to happen? I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'll probably look at my personal experiences at the moment, um, because in the academic sense, I'm still learning where I'm going with mm. my postgraduate studies on that. And I'm really interested in maybe like the language spaces as somewhere or language revitalization. In terms of my personal experiences there, yeah, I'm really encouraged that there's a lot more focus on Te Reo Māori in New Zealand and it's becoming more normalised, which is cool. But I thought I still think there's a bit of a disconnect from classroom to mm. public spaces. Mm. And I know yeah. like I, mean, I don't walk around Queen Street and no. you don't hear it and you don't go to the shop. So for me, the Tupu Kupu was just a place to actually embed it and give you a normal space. But, you know, if I was working in government and all that type of stuff, I'd like to see it a little bit more wide-ranging. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's probably maybe an area of, of focus where I might start looking at for postgraduate research if I go down that path. And yeah. um, I've sort of done a few papers as a student in Te Reo and I find there's a lot of people interested, but there's a bit of disconnect between starting and fluencies, which is yeah. where a lot of us are clogged in the in the log jam of te reo maori yeah and mm. is that massive beginner intake and then you know as you get further along that which is time and yeah you know. yeah and i think you know i've mentioned it to you before there's i find there's a lot of barriers that we we have imposed on us or we self-create mm. that te reo sort of drops down the priority level for a lot of people unfortunately yeah, it's just time commitments final commitments mm. work so yeah, yeah and I, I i like talking to other people i can see that that sort of unfortunately slips down and then that's where the learning kind of goes out the window again. You've got to restart or reset yeah. the learning again. So, yeah, so there's a lot of, a lot of room to improve, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's good where we're heading. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, I think is that kind of a normalisation too? Like I know you've commented on someone like Jack Tame, mm. who's, you know, a Pākehā learning, mm. that maybe if that normalisation happens, that's when we will just start to use it in public spaces. Yeah, of course. I think, you know, you hear the word often enough, then you start recognising it, mm. and then you start using it. So the more you hear people like mm. him on TV, you start realising what that means and feel comfortable using it as well. So yeah. I think he's been a good ambassador and a good champion of Te Reo Māori. So hopefully we see more people like him and other well-known celebs sort of jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I sort of feel like... Um, yeah, like things like that with and Radio New Zealand or whatever they call themselves now, National Radio, Radio New Zealand. Um, Isn't it Radio New Zealand? Yeah, well, it used to be called National Radio. Oh, okay. and I know you keep saying that. That's right. Anyway, um, <laughs> just that even when you're when you know as us learning, it's just that reinforcing. So it's you know you're not always understanding what people are saying, but it's just that 
tuning your ear even yeah yeah like being able to tune your ear and um yeah just be so that it sounds less foreign exactly yeah yeah I know. and that's the, the odd concept that it does sound foreign yeah. to a lot of us but i think you know you hear tenakwe enough times in breakfast yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll start recognizing okay that makes sense to me now and, and yeah. i think that's where we need to do maori amongst new zealand like it's just a second nature yeah because yeah. i know for me it's not inherently second nature to use te reo maori so yeah. sometimes i've got to twist my brain into which language to try and apply and yeah, how to apply yeah. it eh? and out of your sort of older whanau members that you know had it taken from them basically mm. do you think any of them would want to be learning now would they i think a few of my whanau have given it a go and i think mm. some got really you know um, capable of speaking it um I'm not sure of the appetites there amongst all of them. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, some people have just have seen it bypass them and maybe yeah, not had the opportunity or a chance. Yeah. yeah, I know. You know, some people get a, a taste for it later in life, but um, definitely some, but not all. Yeah, yeah. So that's been the case with our final, I think. Do you think that? Um, yeah. What do you feel about it in schools? Like, do you think? Would are you an advocate of compulsory? Yeah, I think the term compulsory is, you know, very... That's my question, yeah. I ask everybody. <laughs> the term compulsory is quite divisive, but mm. I think in reality you have to look at it along those lines because we've not had it compulsory and it hasn't really yeah. taken off. So True. you're thinking if you really want to hit, hit some sort of next level, you know, targets, then maybe yeah. that's where it goes to. Um, and then maybe back to my wife, I know that, you know, sort of she was raised in that environment where she's speaking Irish yeah. and learning in Irish and that's how you got could speak yeah. it so yeah I, I, I'm up for it being in there in some level I think you've got to look at just the, the language you apply to how it comes in so mm. yeah, yeah I think compulsory really turns off people from the get-go so True. if we can soften down the, the actual term that we use but yeah. still make it in there somehow embedded into schools definitely well as we were talking to someone earlier today and I was saying you know technically it is compulsory like it's a component of our curriculum mm. but um, there's a bit of disconnect as to how you know like how it's applied yeah yeah different exactly. works different teacher different school different yeah whatever. yeah but no no maybe that's sort of the yeah, the only option that might be looked at to get us to the, the next level of of sort of mainstream you know mm. speaking the language probably yeah because i guess that requires a lot of support for teachers as well or are we you know like your students that speak today do, do they feel like they're going to use it somewhere like is today a focus for them or is it are they you know obviously they're all from different backgrounds and doing different things but yeah I think it's, it's sort of very much case by case scenario I mean mm. for for example we have a Māori development degree which really goes hand in hand with the te reo Māori yeah, so right. that's of some use and practice but then other programs you, you know you, in theory you might not apply te reo Māori at any, any point in your working life yeah, yeah. you know just the way it is for a lot of a lot of jobs out there but I think it's got benefits so I think you know our, our students always um, embrace it and would use it as much as they can mm. but um, yeah it's that spectrum term again we use it quite yeah. a lot there's a lot on the spectrum so yeah. the ones that have come out of the could cope up and that they live and breathe it and yeah they use it and I really like cherish and you know they're our, our, our big champions yeah then the ones who've had no connectivity whatsoever but might want to the other ones you know who will struggle to pick it up and bring it in somehow yeah. and maybe back to my mahi that's sort of some of the intentions behind the Toastmasters and the Tupu Kupu yeah. to try and give them a platform yeah. and also to in, improve their confidence too yeah because yeah. what kind of people do you get coming to the tohi yeah so we've been going I think this is our in, heading, heading towards the end of our third year so oh, wow. we've had 
We've had a, a mixture of people, and it's ironic, I mentioned before about the libraries, we tend to get a lot of librarians and quite <laughs> interested yeah. for some reason, maybe it's about finding your hidden voice. Um, <laughs> we definitely have a lot of non-Māori, for yeah. sure, so find a lot of non-Māori are really interested. Majority of them are students at AUT who are mm. doing the te reo papers and want to sort of take it along the journey with them. Yeah. So we, we sort of designed it when I was a student that whatever you did in class would be able to take it to our Toastmasters to essentially give you a dry run for the classroom assessment. Right, yeah. So when you had to get up and speak in front of the class, you'd be able to practice with us and then go back and get an A-plus type yeah, of thing. Yeah. So we've designed it around there. We do get a lot of, of Māori, but um, I think we've also noticed that it's catered more towards um, an older crowd too because I think mm. um, the more, more, more mature student or individual sort of sees the relevance and how they can take it on their journey with them mm. and, you know, a, a sort of hearing the calling for the deal yeah. in some ways. Our 18-year-old student typically out of school probably hasn't had that moment yet. Yeah, right. And, you know, we'd like for them to come in, but it's not sort of for everyone, but there's yeah. there's a place for everyone there, though, I must say that. So, yeah. And so what what is the sort of structure? Because I've never been to a Toastmasters oh, or anything point. like that. Yeah. How does it work? So our, our format, there's an international format that most people follow, and we pretty much stick to that, but we try and involve much as much tikanga or kaupapa Māori approaches as possible. Mm. So, for example, we would start with um, a karakia, and then we also end with a cup of tea and biscuits just to mm. sort of wrap up. So we start yeah. with a karakia and end with a karakia. Yeah. Most groups wouldn't do that, but we yeah. decided, and we do a waiata totoko in there as well. Oh, cool. So, you know, um, we just sort of put those little things in there because those yeah. are very common for Māori to do as well. Yeah. And it's just putting them in there. And then after that, we follow the, the general format, but um, we give all of our roles that you do because in Toastmasters, you basically have someone who chairs the meeting. He's mm. the Toastmaster. Mm. And then you have potentially one or two speakers who will get up and speak for th- three to five minutes, for example. Yeah, and they just I'll, choose the topic. Yeah, yeah, it's everything's up to you, to be honest. So when you get given a role or, or, or assign yourself a role, because it's a rotating roles, you decide what you want to speak about. And then we have people that will be evaluators, and then we also have someone who's a timekeeper, which I find quite funny because keeping to time in te reo Māori <laughs> is sort of one of those things that doesn't stick with most Māori kaupapa, but it's, 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 it's just for practice purposes. And yeah. then we also have a, a general evaluator who gives feedback on the whole hui. And we also have people who do uh, impromptu speeches. So we kind of have a variety of things here. And because our, our rōpū is very concerned or interested in te reo Māori, a lot of the, a lot of the topics will be Māori related. For example, uh, like I got up last week and was giving people impromptu speeches and I was asking them for their favourite kupu in Māori. Yeah. And you had to get up off the top of your head um, and start talking about what your favourite word was. Yeah. And we were, bilingu- we're, we're, we're bi- bilingual, so I, I laid down the wheel to say, do as much te reo as you can. Mm. And then when you run out of puff, yeah. you know, kahuri ki te reo pākia. So... Yeah, so we, we're, we're bilingual, however, we're realistic that, you know, most of our whānau aren't fluent in te reo Māori, mm. but we do have a booklet there, so if you really want to do the whole hui in te reo Māori, you can read the booklet and you'll have the exact phrases you need to do. Nice. So we bring a lot of stuff along. Yeah. Um, and for myself, like I've been, you know, I'll practice, if I have to try and get up and do a whai kōrero, that would be my speech, mm. and that's like perfect environment, so mm. that's why I say it really works in the, the kaupapa Māori world. Mm. Um, and I think we share a lot of different thoughts about where we're coming from in te reo Māori or just Māori related topics so we try and bring that as a forum that we all share so we're all there with a common purpose I think we might be doing different mahi or coming from different places but our general 
our general ethos of our whānau is that we're very much supporters of te reo Māori or te ao Māori yeah. in some format. So that's kind of how we roll, really. Yeah. Do you find, like, are people a bit scared when they first come about? <laughs> I think so. Worry that, up. oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to... Well, definitely, yeah, definitely. I think I, I, I'm realistic that, you know, we're talking about two kaupapa that generally most people are a bit intimidated yeah, about. Yeah. So you've got public speaking on one hand and you've got te reo Māori on the other. Yeah. So unless you're from, you know, Māori Kōrero speech competitions, <laughs> you're generally not the sort of person who likes it. But I think when you want to come along, it's because you're trying to get yeah. courage. So our motto is no mai te hapa, mm. which means we welcome mistakes. You might yeah, have heard that. that yeah, yeah, and that was something we learnt in our te reo classes. So we say bring them along. So if you stuff up, you stuff up. No one's here to, um, yeah. you know, be judgmental. We'll, we'll give you feedback though to say, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. next time you might want to do this and that. But yeah. it's all sort of with aroha, I should say. So yeah. yeah, people come along and it's not everyone's cup of tea. But I think the whānau that are, that are embedded there, they realise... I don't get to speak to Reo Māori elsewhere or yeah. I don't get to get up and call it all or I don't have a whānau around me to speak to Reo Māori. Yeah. So we've had a number of people from foreign countries come along and they've been really like, you know, this is a good space. We had a guy from Mexico. One of our members is from Bulgaria. We've had Americans, um, you know, and so forth. And then we've got Māori coming in there to reconnect. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been really good. And, I, I, you know, as I said, it it's, it's, takes a while to get your head around what's going on and how it works for you. But I think... Because it's designed for our tauira especially, I can yeah. always see the relevance as a student or as a Māori or just as a professional or as an, you know, as a, uh, an adult, how you would use that in your day-to-day lives yeah, or yeah. anywhere in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm. I, I could, yeah. I'd be quite nervous, but you, the way that you explain it, it's a slightly less nerve-wracking. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, like, we try and welcome any manuhuri that come along because yeah. we know, like, you know, we try and go out of our way to say hello and yeah. that. And yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's very softly, softly because we're all still learning, you know. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about it is um, whether you're fluent or whether you're not, you're sort of all on the same same level there. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, no one's better than yeah, Like, even if you're the president of the club, you still have to do whatever yeah. the newbie says and that kind of stuff. <laughs> so we're, we're in a, yeah, and I think we've got old and young whānau there too and yeah. everyone's respectful of where you're coming at. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we, like, we're not harsh because we've got to support each other, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you initiate the tupakupu thing? Was that kind of a thing that you came up with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of my mahi, I deal with a lot of our students yeah. uh, learning to deal Māori and I sort of got the feedback that you know, then they needed the space and, yeah. you know, the classroom's not enough. Yeah. So, you know, the classroom's kept pie and they're learning that, but they just sort of had that urge to, where do I go next? Yeah. And then also I noticed that, you know, it's something that I thought could be useful just in just in the whakawhanaungatunga sense yeah. or yeah, actually creating a, an environment or a culture too. So, yeah. you know, and I sort of reflected back to my own uni days that they had a culture hour when I was at uni and, that was like a 12 to 1 period where you were embracing your culture or whatever oh, that really? was going to be. Yeah. And and I thought that would be awesome. And I just thought te reo Māori is something that's, you know, lacking. And if we can get it locked yeah, in. And yeah. the, the aim for next year is for our city campus to have it there. And we have probably a lot more advanced speakers there. So we want to sort of get more space that mm. our matatau te reo speakers yeah. can thrive and take it. So, yeah. yeah. And then we also want to get it at Manukau, our other campus, because, you know, we want to cater to all of our whānau. And we just, yeah, want to have a space to connect. Because for my job too, it's a space where I can connect with our students as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's not necessarily sort of having to get them to come to my office. I want them to feel comfortable about where they're at as a, as a student or as a Māori. Well, that's really valuable too, that there's quite, there's like a really low-key casual time yeah. for them to be yeah. like, 
approaching you and doing yeah, that definitely. kind of thing. So we just say it's a drop in time. So if you come yeah. in for half an hour, you come for an hour, yeah. that's up to you. And, you know, as I said, we don't have an agenda. We just sort of pull out some resources, pull out Māori Made Easy, pull out yep. some yeah. some board games. And we found that we want to make it fun too. Like, you know, it's not all about uh, forcing learning down their throat. We yeah. sort of play some board games and do questions and answers yeah. and have a general discussion. And we're all learning. Like, we're always learning new kupu and yeah. that sort of stuff. We're always on Māori Dictionary trying to find out the meaning <laughs> of certain words. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that would be a good thing in, like, um, even, like, corporate environments mm-hmm. or... Um, you know, government environments when, yeah, just like have a lunchtime thing where a couple of times a week that you could do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think too... Profi- uh, professional development. Yeah, 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 quote yeah, yeah. Un- Under the guise of a game too, like you're having fun, you know, that's yeah. like uh, gamification sort of theory where if you make things in a game mode, people it's actually... Not hard uh, to learn. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're willing to learn and you're wanting yeah. to learn. So, yeah, you can chuck a bit of competitive kind of stuff in there yeah. and it makes it fun and it's, yeah, just practice too. And that's where it stops becoming like tokenistic too. That's like you're actually committing to normalising the day or rather than just yeah doing a couple of things that yeah know, exactly. And I think you know box. yeah yeah. So we wanted to have something that's permanent and you know mm. accessible and you know you know what 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 and when it is rather than it sort of popping up randomly yeah. once a year or whatever. Yeah, here and there. Oh, it's Matariki. Oh, it's yeah, Waikani yeah. Day. All good. Like, yeah, yeah. Now we want to have it sort of you know always. it's not quite twenty four seven, but it, it is through semester. And mm. you know I've been really pushing it to say that. And likewise, you know it really complements our Tereo programs too. Mm. So when did that start? The this year. So it started yeah. at um, just before our first semester. So really about February this year. Yeah. Yeah, and we've just wrapped up because we're finished for the academic year now. Right. However, because I'm so keen on developing myself and keeping connected with our students and stuff, I'm really trying to start up a summer module, which I sort of maybe touched on with you and some of our correspondents yeah. about um, connecting with some of the Fano over summer because there's a long time off between yeah. um, yeah. university calendars so yeah. until sort of February or March next year they're not really engaged in learning yeah. mm-hmm. so I've put out the pānui to say if any whānau want to keep keep the ball rolling yeah. over summer happy to sort of meet up or you know find you a space to do it and totally. just keep practicing really yeah. yeah you should nice. tell them to come to our kapahaka yeah well we can always <laughs> cross reference each Gen's other always, always pushing oh, it on Get some more members. No, no, okay, to point. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it's at though. You've got to sort of like work work amongst Fano that are in the same spaces, eh? Yeah, totally. So, but I, I do find once you start doing these things, you do suddenly meet all these yeah. other people that are doing the same kind of things. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the other things I do like about Tohi and could be you're meeting Fano that are doing things that you've never heard of yeah. in, in either Maori or Te Reo Maori spaces. And you know, you realise there are a lot of different people working out yeah. there. But I think maybe one of the things is we're quite fragmented. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've got to sort of, yeah, you've really got to be Googling away to find out where yeah. everyone's at or be in the know. So, yeah, there's a lot happening in different pockets, I suppose. Mm. That's what I was thinking sometimes with our podcast, like just people sending in all of their, you know, you do like a weekly roundup of all the activities that are on and what people are doing. So, that's a lot. Oh, you yeah. could all connect. Yeah, mm. oh, I'd like seeing that on the back of this thing, you know, yeah. your money. <laughs> well, I have thought about it, you know, because, oh, I mean, I. I always make this joke that there's only three people listening to us, but yeah. I'm sure there's more. Hopefully there's, there's more. more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, we're not, this is just, um, it's like a, a hobby, I guess, for us. And, it, you know, the podcast keeps us honest with our learning. and um, But also one of the reasons that we wanted to do it is just because there isn't, yeah, like you don't have that space. No. And say you're not even in the mood to, you know, go to something like Tupu Kupu if there was that available. Mm. At least the podcast is just 
listening to something about Māori, you're going to hear a few words and you're not, you just kind of, it's around you rather than just suddenly being in that complete Pākehā world where yeah. there's nothing Māori and you'd like, yeah, it's just an easy way of. Yeah, and I think that's what I mentioned about being passive. Sometimes you just want yeah, to be totally. passive, passively engaged, and mm. like I don't have sort of time or, or, or ability to commit to classes anymore. Mm. And, you know, but I think I've got to enough of a of a level that I've got the grammar and the structure as you do. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gone fluent by any means, but I feel like I've got the tools. Yeah, now I'm trying to use them. Yeah, like, you know, and I think a lot of us just had the tools and never use them. Yeah, so that's what tupiku for, for me is actually going. Okay, now I understand um, the grammar structure. You know, I've had a few um, penny drop moments going, yeah. oh, is that what that meant, yeah. you know? So it's cool just having a space. But, um, you know, with this podcast or others, you, sometimes you just want to hear other people are doing doing the mahi out there yeah. and, and are interested too. Yeah, and I think it's cool for people. We've had quite a wide range of people on that, yeah, just to see that there is like quite a cross-section of people who are actually doing the same thing as you. Yeah, well, yeah. All our journeys aren't the same, but there's definitely some resonance yeah, yeah. Especially that, it, you know, it's always going to take longer than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's sort of a lifelong journey is what I've been getting told, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's for, it's for, for a long time rather than quick wins. Yeah, yeah, mm. totally. I remember when I started learning, I went to Tuananga Takura, mm. the one year, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to do this one year, I'm going to be so good, at the end I'm going to be fluent. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's, that's not how that works. <laughs> oh, right. But, but yeah, one day, I think... Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you're not constantly using it after mm. that, it falls away. You don't think, I just assumed that, you know, once you had it, like, you know, you hear about kids that have been through Kura Kaupapa and mm. then not speaking and losing it. And I think, how do you do that? If yeah. you knew it, just how do you do that? But it's, it's um, like you say, Trent, you can have all the tools in the world, but if you're not using it, it's getting it's more tools. It's memory, is, isn't it? Yeah. So, mm. you know, that, that's like, you know, repetition and that. So it's. It's just about being able to use it or lose mm. it, I think, and that sort of happened. I've seen it with my wife. She's very rusty, I think, in her Irish, but that's yeah. through years of not actually being engaged with it, and yeah. that, that, that does happen to anyone, I think. They yeah. can kind of lose it. So, But I think it comes back once you are yeah, using I think it. Once it, you're it, doing it, it again. Yeah, yeah it's sort of in there, though, mm. yeah, as opposed to not yeah. actually having to learn it type of thing. Would yeah. she speak to her family and um, not really. They do. They all, all are fluent. But yeah. I think it's just, you know, it's a bit like te reo, well, not quite like te reo Māori, but over there, you know, English is, is the norm. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you're just accustomed to It's your to default, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just, you know, the mass of people over there speaking mm. English. So mm. it's just what you're comfortable and accustomed to. But no, no, and I do encourage you to, like, I think, you know, having seen that she's already got her, her yeah, deal, yeah. I think, you know, make sure you use it and I encourage you to use it as much as you can, really. Yeah, we've mm. tried it. So, um, just for listeners, Trent and his wife come to Kitty Kapaka that I used to go to. And yeah, sometimes we'd say, can you just say something for us? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's all part of that kind of, uh, you know, indigenous language revitalization. Yeah, totally. yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, synergies between the two, really. So. Yeah, is that still happening over there? Is it is it still a drive for that, or is it are they still? I think so. I don't think it's yeah. I mean, I've been there a few times, so I'm no like real expert, but I don't I don't know if it's the same sort of groundswell as we're seeing with Te Reo Māori. Mm. But they've got a lot more legislation, and obviously, yeah. yeah and the, the big difference is most people in Ireland are Irish. Yeah, you know, true, by, true, you know, true. So they, that is their language, but I don't know if it's, if it's on the same kind of. Um, you know, challenges or, or you know, platformers we're seeing today Māori over here. Yeah. yeah, I guess ours is always loaded with the colonisation and the. I mean, I guess it's somewhere over there, but yeah, just 
for treaty and all yeah. those sorts of things. It's I was going to put a caveat in there to say, disclaimer, I'm no Irish history expert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I don't want to have that one on me. <laughs> yeah. So anyone can just go to the Tohi Masters? I know a couple of my uh, colleagues go up there and I'm like, oh, I really want to come. Yes, yeah, definitely. No my haere mai. Um, <laughs> so Tohi Toastmasters. And we're every Tuesday, more or less the whole year round. I think we kind of shut down for the summer period, mm. but every Tuesday, 12 to 1, and it's open to anyone. To rock At up. the city campus? AET city campus, yep. Mm. WB102. Oh, right. So we're a pretty central, easy yeah. position to find. You'll find us next to... Um, the food court and um, Hukuwai Plaza in in the main quad area of AUT City Campus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, opposite the creche, (laughs) just to give you the real... And, yeah, we'll have a very welcoming whānau, and I'm always out there trying to tell whānau to join. And, Mm. um, yeah, as I said, it probably takes two or three meetings before you feel like you've gotten the gist of what the heck was going on. Yeah. so yeah, no, we don't make we don't make promises of you're going to be fluent after one meeting or <laughs> you're going to be standing on the pipe or anything like that. Yeah. But it's definitely a platform, and I know myself and one of the other Maori men there have like really gotten confident and really used the, the space to practice our our fire corridor or, or mm. just get in confidence in general to to get up there and say stuff. And you don't really get any other places to practice that type yeah, of stuff too. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So would you ever have to go back down to Marae and do anything like that? Have you? Ever... I think that would be maybe like a, a personal intention. I, I yeah. like I'm maybe not as involved with my my Fano Marae, more so for the distance at the stage. Mm. However, just with our mahi, like sometimes we assist in some capacity uh, uh, up at the uni yeah, and, sure. and, and those type of copapas. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I like if I'm comfortable and, and, and knowledgeable about what I'm doing I'll yeah. definitely offer my um, services or skills you know but I'll you know I know my limitations too so we, yeah. know, we know who 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 needs to do what but um yeah and a lot of that's come through toys that's given me a, a, a place to practice so yeah. I know that I'm not coming in um you know unconfident or, or you know not practice so yeah because yeah, you don't really you know I don't think most people kind of practice to get up and do a, a no. mickey or five quarter really yeah because I know at, at our classes our teacher has started saying you know like if you get up and do it here where everyone's yeah. you know everyone really well and they're supporting you because one day you are going to have to get up yeah. and do it and it's better if you've had a little practice with some support yeah and know that you can do it and then when yeah you know it might still be hard in those other situations but at least you've got that little you know yeah, practice <laughs> yeah. yeah and as practice makes perfect i yeah. think we always just say get the sort of you know the rustiness out of your system mm amongst five people and yeah. then you stand up in front of 500 you know you look like you're a pro yeah totally. that sort of stuff and even just stuff like if you're going for a job interview we say you know you'll, you'll yeah. find that's like going for a job interview after yeah. pre- you know so we try and sell a lot of tangents but the, the real is definitely what our core focus is yeah. you know being bilingual and we're trying to we've always been bilingual in senses that we don't discourage any te reo maori but we're trying to actually implement where at least one hui a month is Te reo Māori yeah. anake, so it's, it's designed that the whole hui just goes into Te reo Māori without, you know, reverting to English at, at yeah, aspect. So sure. yeah, we're trying to promote that to try and all, all step up our game. I think. Yeah, because mm. that's what I've found. Once you get involved in these things, you know, you, you do it for a certain reason. You want it bilingual because it's, you know, you do get more people like that. It's mm. less threatening. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, you then see. you want those people who. Who really, you know, you want the people who are totally committed and are going to be fluent, and they want a total yeah. space. So it's quite, quite a, yeah. It's a, a very, it's a, a kind of hard 
crowd to please in terms yeah. of that because <laughs> you're never pleasing everyone. No, no, exactly. So we've had people come up and they probably thought, you know, we're a hundred percent into your Maori mm-hmm. and it probably wasn't for them. And then we had others who probably thought that we were more going to be about the English language, mm-hmm. you know, platform. So yeah, it's it's horses for courses, and we're not suiting everyone. But I think when you know that you want a place to get confident in Te Reo Maori, practice Te Reo Maori, or be around people of of like minded, or just you know, in a, in a space that is using and promoting it mm. that would be us um so yeah and it's you know it's all on you um and the, the toastmaster component of it too actually allows you to you know be recognized in in the sort of global program too so oh, if yeah, you want to go right. down that path you know that sort of goes hand in hand with just being part of the whanau yeah but yeah i think you've got to just be be a little bit selfish and say what you want out of of anything like that so yeah, if you, totally. you know if you want just to learn how to do a whaikoru or come along and practice with us and yeah you know that's where you want to go with it i think um, that's interesting what you're just saying about you never please everyone with the levels of the mm. that you're using and stuff. I think I find that with me as well. Um, so I work at the library and I've got a little Māori reading group mm. on Mondays. And for us, it's the same kind of thing where everyone's welcome. You know, you can be matatoi tiro mm. or you can just be a beginner. And it's finding that balance of um, how do you make it best for everyone without alienating people. Yeah, I know, I know. So... Exactly, and it's, I think I've had hard. that challenge things like tuhi or tupikupu because we really want to look after everyone, mm. but it's hard when you're trying to cater for the beginners and then the experienced ones feel a little bit like yeah. left out or a little bit below them in some senses in terms ho-ha. of, yeah, yeah, they get yeah. a bit of and then if we carry on with the more advanced ones, the learners sort of get discouraged because they can't keep up, so yeah, yeah and then that's kind of back to the spectrum corridor, it's, it's very wide with Te Reo Māori, there's nothing to everything really. It's gonna do your best. Yeah, that's what you can do. Yeah, and that's why I say it's a bit be selfish sometimes. So, you know, only you can t- decide what you want to get out of it and yeah, what you want to learn. So, you know, just go there with what you want to get out and try and eke it out. I mean, don't do it at the detriment of anyone else, but yeah. you know, try and look after your own real journey sometimes. Do you oh, get cool. um, many women? Wahine uh, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely more wahine than, oh, than really? Tani yeah. and our and our uh, Roku. So yes, and there's been a mixture of Māori and sort of non-Māori wahine there too. Because that's an interesting thing if you think about or not really, you know, wahine not doing it, but there is that, you know, these days we want to be public speaking and that, so that's quite a nice opportunity for them to do things like Exactly, that. yeah, yeah, and that's where we're sort of back to we're all on the same page or level playing field that, mm. that the, the, the wahine can cheer the hui as much as the tane and yeah, right. yeah so there's a role for everyone and yeah, yeah we um as much as we stick to the tikanga of sort of general te reo maori that's one that we kind of apply where wahine and tane have the same yeah. speaking rights i suppose yeah, yeah. yeah so definitely yeah and we've always had more 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 females and males coming through so yeah. sort of things i think more men are maybe discouraged because we're probably more you know seen to be speaking on the pipi or yeah, that so yeah. maybe that's probably the 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 area that you know we're a bit frightened by yeah. more more so that you, you kind of get exposed more in that sense yeah I think there's it's always seems to be more women learning though like our well in our classes I mean we have definitely in my experience too yeah. in yeah. our class do you think with that is because you know like they say language and culture starts at home and usually traditionally it's the women that are at home with the kids. Yeah, it's quite. So they want to give it to quite their a kids. strong impetus for learning. Mm. Um, but also, you know, um, um, I think one of our friends was saying recently that um, 
one of the biggest growing groups learning are Pākehā women. Definitely, yeah. 30s and 40s, yeah, yeah. which is totally <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I've seen it through my classes too because, you know, our, a lot of our papers are sort of milfy at AUT. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you get encouraged from all walks of life. But, yeah, yeah. we've had a, a fair, fair few um, sort of older Pākehā ladies yeah. really jumping on, which is really cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, one of the ladies who started with me, she is a very mature Pākehā lady who yeah. sort of started learning the te reo a lot later in her life. And, yeah, yeah she's really jumped on board with it. So yeah, everyone's everyone's good to be doing it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah, to create that whole culture change too. Yeah, it doesn't matter who. But does I, it. I, I probably from my experience too, I think a lot of our our tani are more like myself a few years ago. You know, quite you know, whakamar and mm. a little bit reserved because it's sort of like you know, quite a challenge, challenging space to try yeah. and reconnect with sometimes. Just even um, just extra study, like if you haven't. You know, like if you left high school and didn't do any more study to actually mm. make the effort to come and do that later in life, it's quite a big deal. Yeah, like yeah. it's quite hard, and and especially if you weren't necessarily great in that capacity and to begin with, that's a big hurdle to get over before you even get to the actual studying part. Yeah, exactly, and that's like those barriers about sort of what what discourages or mm. impedes people. You know, the kind of thinking I don't want to be assessed or. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to fail as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to fail on the on Te Reo Māori if they're studying it. Like, yeah. you know, that's sort of a double blow if they failed the next totally. assessment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe... I feel like some people are discouraged learning at uni. At, you know, even if it's night classes and things like that. They're like, oh, you know, that's that university life. That's not for me. Mm. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So... I think that, yeah, and it's a case of it sort of not going to suit everyone's um, backgrounds or, mm. or capabilities either but it's I suppose it's good that other people are offering the oil in different forms that you can mm. kind of take that suit you here and there yeah yeah I find some people who come to our book club are just like oh no I can't do the university courses and I was like I think you would be really good and they're mm. like oh no yeah like, oh. just totally put off yeah so Oh, kia ora for coming, Trent. It was really cool. We're all coming to Toastmasters. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, kia ora. Kia ora. Um, ka kite. A te wā. Ko rero rero. Ko rero rero. Ko rero Okay, um, ko tātou tērā. That's us. That's us. For another week. Um, thanks, everybody. And we'll catch up with you next time. Yep, you can catch us on our Pai Ahua. Pai Ahua on Instagram at Kōrerorero and on Facebook. None of you seem to like Facebook. Pokemata. Pokemata. Um, is it just Kōrerorero? Yeah. We can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, love to hear your feedback. Um, if you want to know about something, you want us to find out about it. Um, or even like if you have cool community things that are happening, I know um, we have our own, like our, I have Aruahere Kapahaka and Tessa has the um, book club at the Auckland Library. But if you know of any cool community things, let us know and we can shout them out. Yep. Cool. Where are we? Kakite. Kakite. Kore rorero. Kore rorero. Kore rorero. Kore rorero.